Lincoln utilized a concept from Proverbs about words in order to analyze the words of the foundational documents of America, and he thereby placed the Declaration at the heart of his understanding of America, a country which was, as he would later put it, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 243, Lincoln's Proverbs. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. Throughout Bible 365, we have noted the ways in which the Hebrew Bible has inspired some of America's greatest leaders. Today, we return to Abraham Lincoln and study an unusual episode in his career, one about which I first learned from my friend, the Lincoln scholar Harold Holzer. In studying this story, we will see how a phrase referencing the Bible in a letter that Lincoln received from a Southern politician would be repurposed by Lincoln in order to express what became one of Lincoln's famous statements against slavery and one of his most eloquent expressions of the American idea. In early 1861, as he prepared for his inauguration, President-elect Abraham Lincoln received a letter from Alexander Stevens of Georgia. Stevens was an ardent advocate of slavery who opposed Georgia seceding, but who, when secession did occur, would go on to become the vice president of the Confederacy. Stevens wrote to Lincoln arguing that the president could not use force to keep the South in the Union. He wrote, quote, In addressing you thus, I would have you understand me as being not a personal enemy, but as one who would have you do what you can to save our common country. A word fitly spoken by you now would indeed be like apples of gold and pictures of silver. I entreat you, be not deceived as to the nature and extent of the danger, nor as to the remedy. Conciliation and harmony, in my judgment, can never be established by force, nor can the Union under the Constitution be maintained by force. The Union was formed by the consent of independent sovereign states. Ultimate sovereignty still resides with them separately, which can be resumed and will be if their safety, tranquility, and security in their judgment require it. Under our system as I view it, there is no rightful power in the general government to coerce a state in case any one of them should throw herself upon her reserved rights and resume the full exercise of her sovereign powers. Force may perpetuate a union. That depends upon the contingencies of war. But such a union would not be the union of the Constitution. It would be nothing short of a consolidated despotism. End quote. Thus, Stevens argues that in his view, Lincoln could use only words of persuasion to preserve the union. And Stevens further argues that use of force to preserve the union would be unconstitutional. Of course, Lincoln ignored Stevens's view, and thank God for that. Note the phrase Stevens utilized in his letter, referencing a word fitly spoken and apples of gold in pictures of silver. As we will see, Lincoln will use that phrase to argue that the Civil War was not only about preserving the Union, but also about advancing the idea of equality that lies at the heart of America itself. The phrase, a word fitly spoken, comes from Proverbs chapter 25, which discusses the importance and power of the gift of speech and of the well-chosen word. We begin with verse 9. Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself, and discover not a secret to another, lest he that heareth it put thee to shame, and thine infamy turn not away. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. These are all descriptions of the importance and power of words. And we are told further 
in verse 14. Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. By long forbearing is a prince persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. In other words, words if chosen well can have an extraordinary impact, but only if they truly reflect the sincerity and wisdom of the speaker. It is to verse 11 that Stevens made reference. Again, Proverbs tells us, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver, or so the Hebrew is often translated. The original is, Tapuche zahav b'maskiot kasef, davar davur al ofnav. Let us note as an aside that the original Hebrew for the fruit that is mentioned, tapuach, is not obviously an apple. As Gil Marks writes, quote, Among the cultivated fruits mentioned in the Bible was the tapuach, which in modern Hebrew means apple. However, many authorities believe that the biblical tapuach was in fact a different fruit, perhaps the quince or a citrus fruit, because in the biblical period the apple primarily grew wild and was not yet easily cultivated in tropical areas like Israel and Egypt, end quote. Be that as it may, we are told by Proverbs that a word fitly spoken is akin to a golden fruit adorned with pictures of silver or perhaps ornaments of silver. What does this mean? Here we turn to a fascinating explanation from Rabbi Meir Labush Weiser, the 19th century exegete known as Malbim. The usual translation, pictures of silver, follows one reading, but Malbim asks us to imagine an ornamental fruit created from gold and gilded in silver. Silver, Malbim explains, is less valuable than gold. Silver is there not only to adorn, but also to protect the gold beneath. The fact that a treasure such as this object would have silver is a sign of the even more precious metal that is also there. In a similar sense, a word fitly spoken is like silver that can truly reveal the gold, which is the innermost feelings and thoughts of the speaker. So Malbum explains. And interestingly, after reading the letter from Stevens, it is that aspect of the verse that Lincoln himself seized upon, the notion that there can be gold and also silver to protect the gold. In a fragment of writing that we have from Lincoln, we see how, after receiving Stevenson's letter, he wrote out a reflection of his own about the two central documents of America's creation, utilizing the verse in Proverbs. He reflected, in other words, on the Constitution and on the Declaration. The Constitution is rightly revered, but Lincoln argued that the Constitution exists as the silver that is there to protect the gold, and the gold is the American idea as is expressed in the Declaration of Independence. Here is how Lincoln put it. Quote, Without the Constitution and the Union, we could not have attained the result, but even these are not the primary cause of our great prosperity. There is something back of these, entwining itself more closely about the human heart. That something is the principle of liberty to all, the principle that clears the path for all, gives hope to all, and, by consequence, enterprise and industry to all. The expression of that principle in our Declaration of Independence was most happy and fortunate. Without this, as well as with it, we could have declared our independence of Great Britain. But without it, we could not, I think, have secured our free government and consequent prosperity. Then Lincoln added, reflecting on the principle of liberty for all, by which he means the notion of human equality at the heart of the Declaration, quote, the assertion of that principle at that time 
was the word fitly spoken, which has proved an apple of gold to us. The Union and the Constitution are the picture of silver, subsequently framed around it. The picture was made not to conceal or destroy the apple, but to adorn and preserve it. The picture was made for the apple, not the apple for the picture. So let us act that neither picture or apple shall ever be blurred or bruised or broken. End quote. Thus, Lincoln utilized a concept from Proverbs about words in order to analyze the words of the foundational documents of America, and he thereby placed the Declaration at the heart of his understanding of America, a country which was, as he would later put it, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Thus, the Civil War for Lincoln would come to be described by him as a battle to achieve equality, a battle to achieve liberty for all, a battle to achieve the standard set, a battle to achieve all for which the Declaration called. As historian Alan Guelzo put it, quote, there is no doubt but that the Declaration of Independence was the central statement of Lincoln's political idealism. I believe that the Declaration that all men are created equal is the great fundamental principle upon which our free institutions rest, he wrote in 1858. And two months after his correspondence with Stevens at Philadelphia's Independence Hall, Lincoln declared that I have never had a feeling politically that did not spring from the sentiments embodied in the Declaration of Independence. End quote. And Guelzo adds that, quote, it was the Declaration's promise of equality that Lincoln made the chapter and verse of his great call for a new birth of freedom in his most memorable public speech, the Gettysburg Address, end quote. Thus, Lincoln utilizing a biblical phrase from Proverbs in order to give voice to the American idea is yet another example of how, as the Civil War went forward, Lincoln's own manner of speaking about America grew even more biblical. It was around this time in 1861 that he called America an almost chosen people, by which he meant, I think, that America was a covenantal nation, that the Declaration of Independence was its covenant, that the notion of human equality, that all men are created equal, is America's founding creed and was what bound Americans across generations. Lincoln's utilizing of the image from Proverbs to speak of the Declaration as the gold and the Constitution as the silver that was there to protect the gold, was a more biblically inspired expression of what Lincoln had said earlier in 1858, describing then, speaking on the 4th of July, how one need not descend from the original Americans in order to be an American. Lincoln put it this way, quote, We have besides these men descended by blood from our ancestors, among us perhaps half our people who are not descendants at all of these men, They are men who have come from Europe, German, Irish, French, and Scandinavian, men that have come from Europe themselves or whose ancestors have come hither and settled here, finding themselves our equals in all things. If they look back through this history to trace their connection with those days by blood, they find they have none. They cannot carry themselves back into that glorious epoch and make themselves feel that they are part of us. But when they look through that old Declaration of Independence, they find that those old men say that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, and then they feel that that moral sentiment taught in that day evidences their relation to those men, that it is the father of all moral principle in them, 
and that they have a right to claim it as though they were blood of the blood and flesh of the flesh of the men who wrote that declaration. And so they are. That is the electric cord in that declaration that links the hearts of patriotic and liberty-loving men together. That will link those patriotic hearts as long as the love of freedom exists in the minds of men throughout the world. End quote. This podcast episode is being released immediately after Passover, and it was on Passover in 1865 that Lincoln died. And as we consider Lincoln's legacy, we realize how well we can apply the verse in Proverbs to summarize at least one aspect of Lincoln's greatness. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures or ornaments of silver. Recall what Malbim said about this verse in Proverbs. Words that are fitly spoken reveal the gold within the inner thoughts of the speaker. Ladies and gentlemen, there have been other orators in history that were truly extraordinary. But who other than Lincoln in speeches like the Gettysburg Address and the Second Inaugural gave us a window into his mind as it was pondering the essence of this country, its trials, and its founding ideals? Harry Jaffa has rightly noted that Lincoln, quote, incorporated the truths of the Declaration of Independence into a sacred and ritual canon making them objects of faith as well as of cognition, end quote. That is, of course, true. And Lincoln did that with the power of his words, fitly spoken. And thus we remember Lincoln as we study Proverbs 25 and ponder again the biblical relationship with the American story. This is Mayor Soloveitchik. Looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off. <laughs>